Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. What's going on, guys? Joe McCall here with another epic, awesome Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. What's up, guys? So uh, this is crazy. Third podcast I've done today, and I really love doing this. I love talking to people that are doing a lot of deals, making things happen. And this is a topic that we've never talked about before, but I'm seeing a lot more people talk about it. You're seeing a lot of chatter on YouTube and Facebook groups. People talking about novations. What are novations? And I didn't know what they were until just a few months ago. And I'm, I've never done one, but I've kind of, but maybe a little differently. But we have a guest, Corey, Corey Geary on, where we're going to be talking about how he does novations. He is the leading expert on novations. And I don't think he's invented the strategy, but he's perfected it. And he has what he calls the novation nation. And there's a lot of people that are coming to him He's been doing this a long time. He's done lots and lots of these deals. We're going to talk about what novations are and then how do you make more money doing these kinds of deals. And it's basically a strategy where you can take old leads that you probably would just throw away and turn them into novations and sell them and make just as much money, if not more, than you would have with a regular wholesale deal. Okay. So we're going to be talking about novations with Corey Geary. I want to tell you guys something here real quick. I'm looking for more reviews, more reviews. If you would go with your cell phone, I got some books I want to give you for free if you leave me a review. All right. If you go to reviewjoe.net from your cell phone, reviewjoe.net, and let me know what you think of these podcasts. Maybe, I mean, I'm looking for honest reviews. If you don't like them, let me know. But at the thank you page, you're going to be taken to a page after you leave the review that will give you some free books and a free class that I did on wholesaling lease options. So if you could, I'd really appreciate it. I'm just looking to get more reviews. Let me know what you think of the podcast, of my YouTube channel, of the books, everything that I've done. I'd love to get your feedback on it. And if you go to reviewjoe.net, you can uh, leave me a video review. So I'm looking for video reviews. It's going to ask you to put in your name and email. It's going to confirm that you are who you are. And I'm not just sending these free gifts to only good people who leave good reviews, I mean, but it goes to anybody. So even if you leave me a bad review, you'll still get my books. But uh, I'd appreciate you go to reviewjoe.net and check that out. I give a, I think in the, on the thank you page after you do the review, it'll give you a couple books and a video series I did on wholesaling lease options. So I'd really appreciate it. Again, and you need to do it from your phone because it's going to ask you for permission to see your camera. So I'd prefer to get video reviews, but you can also just leave a text review if you want. Reviewjoe.net. ReviewJoe.net is a sponsor for today's podcast. So now it sounds real official. <laughs> okay. Let's bring Corey on. Corey, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Joe? How you doing, my friend? Not much. Corey from the Novation Nation. Novation Nation, baby. Love it. And yeah. we're going to be talking about what novations are, because I would bet you most people don't know what novations are, but they've been hearing people talk about it. It's becoming more of a popular strategy, and it's a great way to make a lot more extra money on your deals that you would normally pass on or throw away. Throw away. And we're going to talk about the seven steps to seven figures using novations. There's a lot of investors out there like you who have made a ton of money doing novations, and it's, it's one of your main focuses, if not your main focus. Is that right? That is correct. We're a novation company first, wholesale second. <clears throat> oh, so cool. I'm looking forward to talking about this. Um, okay, so Corey, talk about 
how you got started in the business real quick. So I got started the business back in 2016. Uh, I was a blackjack dealer at a really? casino. Yeah, I had to I save some that. money up. Uh, if anyone knows the industry of black, you know, a casino, we make a lot of tips. And so I was able to save up some tip money, you know, over six figures. And I used to watch that show, Flip or Flop. And, yeah. you know, I'm with Tarek Al Musa, and I was sitting there with my girlfriend at the time. And she knew I had some money saved up. She literally says, why don't you flip a house so I can list it? I was like, I don't know. Why don't I flip a house? It seems easy enough. 30 minutes, you make $80,000. <laughs> so um, literally, I'm on my morning run the next morning, the next day. And I see one of those bandit signs. It says, uh, fix and flip, buy price 250 ARV 350 something to that nature. I stopped on my run. I called that phone number. I bought that house. took me six months, and I made $8,000. That was my very first real estate deal. Um, you only made eight grand. Only made eight grand. That's nothing uh, to sneeze at, but it, like it was a win. Yes, it was a win. Uh, unfortunately, later in my journey, I didn't. You know, it, it wasn't so great. Uh, my second deal, I bought from a wholesaler. I was going to Ria's, uh, flipped that. Took maybe three months. Made twenty grand. On my third deal, I ended up partnering with somebody with the casino, and we bought four houses all at once. And we ended up. I ended up not uh, using my previous contractor because he sucked but unfortunately the new contractor we got was even worse and he took us to the cleaners and between me and my partner we lost a quarter million dollars what year was this this is back in 2017 the beginning of 2017 Mm, you lost 250 grand ouch 250 grand so i lost all my 401k money that pulled out of the casino i lost my savings i lost my previous flip money and it kind of sent me back to zero and i was like oh man what am i going to do i didn't want to give up so I literally went on Google and I typed in how do wholesalers get deals? I figured like I got to figure out how do wholesalers get their deals. And guess who popped up? <laughs> Sean Terry. Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> so I went down that rabbit hole and I bought his course, uh, Flip to Freedom, and uh, started putting out bandit signs, started doing a little bit of direct mail. And, you know, it took me about, you know, eight to 10 months. I got my first deal. And uh, that was when, you know, I, I started wholesaling. Wow. And so it took you eight to 10 months. Is that what you said? To get my first wholesale deal. Wow. Why did it take so long? I don't know, man. Maybe because I'm in Phoenix. <laughs> well, okay. That's one reason. Yeah, I'm in the guru capital of the world. But uh, and plus, you know, we went, we were not good at talking to sellers. We're not good at negotiating. We weren't good like, you know, uh, at the processes that we, you know, that we were trying to do and we were newbies. But yeah, it took me a few months to get that first deal. But once I got the first deal and I sold that deal to the wholesaler who I bought my previous deals from for my flips, sold it to him and for $10,000. And, and I think my second deal came like a month later and then it started kind of like just snowballing from yeah. there. So even in the competitive market, it took a while, but once you started building the momentum. Yeah, yeah. It was when I, before I went nationwide, I went nationwide in the beginning of 2020. I was probably doing about 10 deals a month here locally. Okay, wow. And yeah. what was your main marketing channel? Main marketing channel was cold calling. Okay. Um, I, 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 uh, when I really started getting the wholesaling, I created a call floor in my living room of my house. <laughs> so I took a bunch of cubicles, wait, set wait, them up wait, in my living married? room. No. Okay. All right. That explains it. No, single, <laughs> single. And, uh, yeah, work in the casino. And, uh, so I just hire college kids to come in and cook call for me. And, uh, so basically I just wanted the cheapest marketing channel I could possibly get. And I'd go out and lock the deals up belly to belly with the sellers. And I did that for a good year and a half. And, uh, 
Yeah, the HOA ended up getting really mad at me, and they thought I was having like parties every single day because I had a bunch of cars parked out in front of my house. So we eventually had to get an office. <laughs> and uh, when I got the office, though, I ended up uh, ditching the cold calling, and then that's when I went heavy PPC marketing. Okay, so now you're doing you're breaking up a little bit. So I'll help if it's okay. breaking up. But you're you're doing mainly PPC now nationwide. That's correct. So yep. PPC, are you talking about Google ads, Bing, Facebook ads, or all the above, or what? Google ads, mainly. We, we did a l- we've done a little bit of Bing in the past, but we mainly just do Google ads. I was yeah. talking to it's an investor just yesterday now. in Phoenix who's getting most of his deals from, from Bing just because he's spending as much as he can. But it's so hard with Google PPC inside of the Phoenix metro area to get any leads because you're competing against the big hedge funds. That's um, correct. Okay, cool. So what made you decide to go nationwide? Um, From just being in multiple masterminds and and hearing other people that have been doing it. Uh, Nick Perry was one of them. Sean Terry was another one. And Sean Terry is now a good friend of mine. Uh, And just hearing uh, people scaling their business via nationwide. And so in early 2020, I made the leap. I went nationwide. I made a huge mistake. I, I recommend nobody doing this. I just, I turned off all my local marketing efforts and I turned on nationwide marketing efforts and I ran in the red for three months before we started monetizing deals and started getting, yeah, so it really sucks. So I, I run a coaching and mentorship group and I, and I recommend everybody in that group. You know, when you're going this nationwide model, just get an arm of your business. Don't turn, don't shut down what's already working. If you got something working that's paying the bills and, and feeding you, don't turn that off to go nationwide. Do nation, do, uh, dabble with nationwide first and slowly get into it. And okay. so that was a big mistake that I made uh, in, in 2020. Then you Google PPC, were you just targeting the, targeting the entire nation or were you- That's correct. These certain cities, these certain markets? The entire nation. Now we have a little bit of a different strategy. We, we're targeting all the major counties that hedge funds buy in. Um, but when we first went uh, nationwide with PPC, it was just a whole United States. I blocked, you know, I, I uh, took out a few states, like I took out like uh, West Virginia, took out the Dakotas. So there was a few select states I took out. Uh, but other than that, we're just completely nationwide. You, you kept California and New York states? Like I love California. Hmm. I love, I've not done a deal in California under 50,000. Profit. Profit. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. All right. So wh- what what are novations? Talk about novations. The legal terminology of novations means replacement of contracts. So where in wholesaling, you're staying in the middle. It's an assignment. It is, you're an assignment of contract from AB to BC, which is uh, your, your investor. Novations, you're taking the AB contract and you're trumping it with a BC novating the contract to your end buyer, which we novate to retail buyers, buyers who are getting financing, like conventional FHA and BA financing. So we list our novations on the MLS to retail buyers. So you're, who, who is the buyer then? No, I mean, sorry, in the contract with the end buyer, who is the seller? Who's, who's the, signing the, that contract? The seller is still the, well, we act as seller for starters. So in, in the upfront uh, paperwork, we're getting an attorney and fax signed, not a power of attorney. Some people teach the power of attorney route. I don't like it. We, uh, that's, we can go deep on that, but it's not what we like. We do the att- attorney and fact, and it allows us to act as seller uh, on the MLS. So we can sign all the listing docs as a seller. We can sign all the offers coming in as the seller. And so we're the ones selling the property, acting as seller because we have the attorney in fact via the MLS. 
So it's not a power of attorney. It's an attorney in fact, which Correct. is different. We don't need it's, to go down the rabbit trail, but it's different. Yep. But it's, it's not really threatening or uh, have as many teeth. Uh, there are some people in the industry that teaches novations besides me, and they teach the power of attorney way. And it's just not the way we like doing it. And, and homeowners hate it. When they see a power of attorney and they're signing with a notary, they get real scared of it. You know, they think, oh, what are you trying to do? Take over my property? And, and you're, are you scamming us? You know, it's a very threatening document, a power of attorney. Where our attorney, in fact, is not threatening at all. It's a one-page document. We don't even call it the uh, attorney, in fact, on the document. And, and, and it, you can get a sign via uh, DocuSign or e-sign. You don't have to have a notary sign it. Do you have to have an attorney to, to send this or do this for you? Or is your contract good nationwide? Our contracts are good nationwide. So I've had attorneys draft up my uh, paperwork. I spent thousands of dollars to get this paperwork perfected. Um, obviously, I always recommend that everybody consult your attorney because I'm not an attorney. I've done my due diligence with my attorney, but you know, always do your own due diligence too. But yeah, they, they work nationwide. We've done deals, I mean, all the way from Washington down to Florida. Okay. So how did you find this strategy and why did you need it? So I was in a mastermind, wholesaling mastermind. I was out in Florida and there was a guy who did a presentation on it uh, in, his, in his business. He was doing it locally. Most people do, the, do this model locally. And he was talking about how he made $2.2 million in 2019 and half of it was novations. And I'm like, what the heck is a novation? And he did the whole presentation on it. I was like, huh, that's interesting. And because at the time, you know, we were, so it's been 2020 or yeah, because at the time we had just pivoted to nationwide wholesaling. And one of our biggest problems is finding investor buyers in these rural markets when we're nationwide. We were we were maybe, you know, closing one out of five deals. So it was very problematic when we went nationwide. I'm thinking, man, maybe I can use this novation model to list these properties on the MLS to retail buyers. Because what's the biggest buyer pool out there? It's the MLS. It's retail buyers. There's more retail buyers than there are investors. Yeah. So that's where I really thought, man, maybe this could fix that pain point in my company. And so I took it upon myself to search out as many people who was teaching it as possible. There's a few people teaching it, not a lot. And th th it's very expensive, some of these guys, what they're charging. All the way up to 20 grand, some of them, for a, a wow. course. And so I went and, and I just kind of picked out what I liked about their model, compilated my own model, and went nationwide with it. Obviously, it, it had a lot of speed bumps. A lot of things that we had to kind of figure out on our own and tweak. But, you know, over the last couple of years, I feel like we kind of really cracked the code on going nationwide with Novations. All right. So let me just be clear on kind of what it is then. You find a seller who's got a house to sell and you want to wholesale it. So you give them a contract to buy it and then like an addendum, uh, an attorney, what'd you call it again? Attorney in fact. So attorney on the front end, yeah, you get your normal purchase agreement. Like normal, uh, we, we do have a novation clause in there in our paperwork. Okay. Uh, you get an innovation and a indemnification agreement. This agreement indemnifies the seller from anything happening. It indemnifies you and it instructs legally exactly what you're doing. And then and that way the title company knows what you're doing too. So you get the novation indemnification agreement and then you get the attorney in fact signed. Okay. So those are the three instruments you're getting signed on the front end. All right. Now you have equitable interest in this deal. Correct. And you also have an, an, an attorney, in fact, correct to act as seller. This thing. So you can kind of act as the attorney for the deal, correct. which gives you like you can sign things and enter into an agreement. The seller's giving you permission to sign things kind of for correct. them. Is, is that the way you'd phrase it? 
Yeah, yeah, for them, exactly. And okay. we're, we're fully transparent with the seller about the process and what we're doing. So that way, we're kind of like almost partnering with the seller. And we have a few scripts that we go That's really important with. because that, that's, I like that analogy. You're almost partnering with the seller because you're open with them and you're telling them what you're doing, right? Correct. Unlike wholesaling, where you're keeping the seller in the dark that you're selling the contract. You're keeping the buyer in the dark how much you're making. There's all this gray area. You have to walk this fine line. And that's why deals fall apart so much. Sellers get bent out of shape because they find out that you're signing the contract. And it's like, it, it was such a problem. And with Novations, you don't have that because you're fully transparent from the start all the way to the finish. All right. So give the, some example. Well, all right. I want to ask about an example numbers of an example deal, typical deal. Um, so now you have it under contract. You have an addendum signed um, attorney. In fact, with the seller, you start now you go to a realtor, a listing agent, a local listing agent in that in that market. Are, are you doing anything to the house to fix it up, clean it up? Occasionally. So what you do, there's two ways of doing novations. The way that pe most people teach it is like novation flipping. You go in there and you remodel the property and then go list it. We don't do that. We do it like novation hoteling. So think of it as hoteling without taking possession. So the only thing we do got to fix sometimes is do it during the inspection. Depending on the financing, you know, you might have to make and repairs to pass the financing contingencies. Okay. So, but a little key, uh, key nugget here is if you list it for only conventional financing, cash or conventional, if it's a conventional buyer, you can do a buyer credit. You don't even have to repair the property. But if you do FHA and VA, then you do have to do the repairs to the property, whatever the inspector is telling you to do. But we All do right. the bare minimum the inspector's telling us to do to pass the financing contingencies. We're not going in there and making this an HGTV type house. Right. Yeah, that, we're not doing the Novation flip model. It's Novation hoteling. Is All right, so you you know you're doing this in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, you know you're where do you live by the way? Phoenix, Arizona. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so that that uh, realtor in Tulsa is like, who are you? Right, we need to we need to sign this listing agreement paperwork stuff with the seller with the owner. How does that discussion go with them? So you have to be very transparent with the realtor, exactly what you're doing. You'll let them know that you have an attorney in fact, and that you're partnering with the seller to sell the property. But we're opening the conversations just like we opened our conversations when we're doing wholesaling. We'd call them up and be like, hey, we saw you sold a property over on 123 Main Street. We're just wondering if you have any pocket buyers. We got a property under contract over on 124 Main Street. Do you have any buyers? And then they'd be like, oh, yes, and it's a property. And so, well, would you also be interested in listing the property for us? Mm -hmm. We have an attorney in fact with the seller. We're partnering with the seller. They don't mind us listing the property on the MLS. We're acting as if we're the seller, and this is a novation. Some some realtors know what novations are. You'll be surprised. Yeah. It, it's yeah. taught in the in retail, I, yeah. and 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 they go yes or no. And what we do is sometimes you might have to call three or four realtors to take the listing because some of them won't know and they don't understand and they don't want to touch it, right? Because it's like oh that's a little too weird for me. Um, but you will find one that'll take the listing. Nice. And so you just full, full transparency is the key. Like I can't express that enough. Like transparency with the seller, transparency with the realtors, transparency with the buyer, the mm -hmm. title company, everybody. And it makes the job a lot easier. So you might need to make a couple phone calls, but you, you will find right. a realtor that will do it for you, which I love using realtors, by the way, guys. I do too. They're hungry. The, the realtors will do all this work for you and you pay them only if they sell the house. Right. Like, they become like a team member of your company, yeah. an employee. It's great. Because like you could get a whole dispositions department. You're going to pay somebody, right? And you're going to out, you need to outsource it. So why not outsource it to an agent? This also, I'm imagining, solves this whole brokering dealing without a license 
you got it as well, right? You nailed it. Boom. Because I mean, these states are cracking down on what they call illegal wholesaling, and and we don't need to argue that. But like the they're they've got their you know what in a wad because <laughs> they these wholesalers are making too much money, and so they're they're just upset that you're we're not using agents or you're not licensed. They want you to be licensed or they want you to use an agent to use a realtor. Ugh, don't I get frustrated with it when I talk about it, but I know. This, Solves all of that, doesn't it? Because you're using realtors to sell the, and you're putting the property on the MLS and you're completely open and honest and transparent with the seller. Everybody knows what's going on. Everyone knows what's going on. Exactly. Okay. So you'll find a realtor. They list it. You sign the listing agreements. You negotiate the commissions that that agent gets, the listing agent and the buyer's agent. Okay. So talk a little bit about on on the, on the buyer side. I'm sorry. On, on the A to B side where you're, you're buying it with the seller, right? Okay. How does that how does that conversation work where you're kind of partnering with them? So do they know how much profit you're trying to make and then they're going to get whatever is above that? How do you, how does that they, they do. They do know and we let them know that the bar the the, the the number they're getting to them is net to them and that we're going to be stacking in the realtor fees, the title fees, uh any projected inspection repairs and marketing fees and of course our fee. And the scripting with the seller depending on First, when you call the seller, you want to lead with your typical cash offer scripting, your typical John Martinez no, no, uh, negotiations, trying to go in there and figure out why they want to sell the property. What's their picture perfect? The, the, all that stuff, right? If you find out that their need price is too much, and I say need price, not ask price, because ask price means you could probably still negotiate deeper. If the need price is too much, you're just going to say, hey, Mr. Seller, unfortunately, we are not your buyer because as investors, our goal is to try to make a marginal profit. However, we have an alternative program that would be a good fit for you. We call it our concierge service. Seller's like, what's that? Well, with that said, as investors, we excel at bringing buyers who are willing to pay top dollar considering we have to sell our fix and flips to an M buyer. We accomplish this through a network of buyers, realtors, and the MLS. Unlike other investors who may lowball you and ask you to take your money in increments of 10, 20, or 30 years, you'll receive your money in two to three months. If we're capable of bringing a new buyer with a guarantee of your 300K asking price net to you, would that sound like something you'd be interested in? So that's the pitch on the front end if we found out the need price is too much. Now, we have a back-end pitch where if we get, get the, the uh, negotiated offer down to a wholesale pricing, what we'll do is we'll send the paperwork and we'll send the novation paperwork. Obviously, we've already negotiated the wholesale price. And w- when we send that paperwork, I say, hey, Mr. Seller, we have great news. We have this new program called our concierge service. Now, not many properties qualify for the service, but I pushed really hard to get your property qualified. And the sellers be like, well, what's the concierge service? Well, as investors, we excel at bringing buyers who are willing to pay more considering we have to sell our fix and flips to the end buyer. We accomplish this through a network of buyers, realtors, MLS. So we would be able to give you an additional $3,000 more for your property by doing the concierge service. Would that sound like you see something you'd be interested in? So we're flipping the script on the back end to get a novation deal at wholesale pricing. This is where we get our biggest spreads and our deepest deals. So you're, you're negotiating a price that the seller is going to want to get. Like, the, you know, let's say the house is worth 350. Mm-hmm. Their bottom line number is 300, but yep. it needs like 20 grand or 30 grand in work. There's not a lot of room in there for you. Um, so your cash offer might be 250. Their bottom line number is 300. 
So that's when you would talk about the concierge service. Correct. And we're still trying to you know, negotiate the best we can off that 300. Maybe we can get a 290, maybe a 280, you know, and, and then pitch the concierge service. We're going to do our best to still negotiate what we can. And this, this is not a crutch for poor negotiation skills. And I, I, I really yeah. express that because some people, even when, in my company, when I taught this to my acquisition team, they were using it as a crutch for poor negotiation skills. Mm. It's not that. You know, this is just an extra tool in the tool belt. But yeah, then you're going to go in and you're going to pitch the front end novation conversation to them and try to convert them to let you com- uh, to novate the deal. Okay, Never so call it novation with the seller though. It's always concierge service or yeah, yeah, because you know, yeah, they don't understand novation. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So you're you're um. Do you ever tell them like, or is this the conversation? Just to clarify it in my mind, I'll get you three hundred, but anything above that I keep. That's kind of how it is. That's kind of how it is. Correct, and we let them you know. Don't, you don't tell them I'm going to make. You know, my minimum fee on well, these. We don't tell like, like a, a, a fee. We don't give them an exact number. We just let them know, hey, you know, we're going to go ahead and tr- and market the property, uh, you know, over what we're buying it from you for because we're going to have to pay the realtor fees. We're going to pay the, the the title fees. We're going to pay pay all our marketing fees, our inspection repairs, and our fee. But don't worry about that because the buyer's paying all those fees. He'll be the one bringing that money to the table. What our price net to you is going to stay net to you. Okay. That's, I mean, that would seem fair to them. Do you ever like, cause I knew a guy once out of, well, it doesn't matter where he's from, but he would, <laughs> he would always negotiate like every single deal. He would negotiate with the seller to partner on the deal with the seller. And he would say, listen, I'm going to make a lot of money on this deal, you know? And he sees the seller kind of say, oh, you know, and then he says, but what if, what if we partnered on this deal? How would that be like, how would that feel like to you? And then it's negotiate. That's when he negotiates, not the price. Yeah. He negotiates the partnership split. And uh, he said, you know, what if I gave you like, because I'm going to put a lot of work into this. I'm going to do this and this and this. What if I gave you 25% of my profits? It kind of sometimes starts there. Like whatever I make, the more I make, the more you'll make. Or it could even be if it's a big enough deal or if he feels like he's losing, you know, he's out. What if we just split the profits 50-50? And so he gets from the bottom line number of whatever the seller wants and then says, all right, anything above that, let's just split it 50-50. Would that be fair? I mean, who would say no to that? I love right? that. It's a great model. So could you could you would, would could you use novations then using that strategy? Absolutely, hundred percent. And we, we've never done that on the front end like that. Uh, but we've done it like, for example, we've listed the property. Seller sees that we're listing for a hundred grand more than what we uh, locked the property up for, and then they call and be like, "Hey, I know you you understand that there's realtor fees and buyer costs and all, but really a hundred grand." And then we might get into we've done it before where we've gotten the negotiations there that we're going to be splitting some of the proceeds with them. Because I to wonder, help them, yeah, you know, I wonder if if the seller knew that you were splitting the profits with them fifty fifty, maybe that bottom line number can go down even more. So like, I if you see why I if, couldn't. If their bottom line number was 300 and and you said to them, listen, what if we negotiate? I mean, what if we partnered on this deal and we'll just split the profit 50-50? I'm going to do all the work of, you know, cleaning it up, getting ready to sell, taking the trash out or just getting it uh, retail ready, whatever that could be, right? And uh, after my expenses, we'll just split the profits 50-50. And then that might even get the seller to bring their bottom line number down even more. That's a great strategy. You know, the more money I make, the more money you make. But that'd be fair. Sellers, it's hard to say no to a question like that. Would that be fair to you? Yeah. Interesting. Wow, I like this. 
Yeah, um, I might try implementing some of that more on the front end and uh, mm-hmm. create a script for that and just see how how it flows. We have done deals where like the seller, some you know, where we've gone in like sellers like, well, you know, the only reason why I need to get out of this quickly is because I gotta, you know, I can't afford the mortgage no more. And like, well, okay, how about we pay the mortgage while we're doing the novation? Mm. And we've done stuff like that before. The guy that I learned this from, his name is Rick Otten, and I'm looking at. So I did two or three podcasts with him. This was way back about four years ago. And if anybody is interested, go look at realestateinvestingmastery.com, my website for the podcast, realestateinvestingmastery.com and look up Rick Otten, O-T-T-O-N. And that's just how he does all of his deals, especially virtual deals, because he's buying them on terms many times with owner financing or taking over the mortgage in other countries. So he's doing these deals in Greece, in Spain, are two are two of his big countries that he's doing these deals in. Wow! But that's his approach, especially when it's when he's that far away, when he's in Australia, when he's in England, and he's negotiating deals in other countries using local realtors and however they do it. He has found it's just so much easier to negotiate the price and the terms when it's a partnership with the seller. Now I, I don't know if he uses innovations in those countries, but it's a great negotiating concept. I think this is fascinating. Nobody this solves so many problems. Number one, it solves the whole brokering, you know, without a license thing that people are freaking out about right now. And um, yeah. you know, Illinois said you can't wholesale without a license, or you you can't do deals without a license. I you heard that know. just today. I heard the North Carolina, I think it is, it's, it's starting to really crack down on this. Uh, Oklahoma's trying Oklahoma. to. Yeah. So, now, do you have your license, Corey? Do you recommend? People get their I'm license. licensed here in Arizona, although I don't utilize it. I got I got licensed in the beginning of my real estate journey so I could list my own flips. And yeah. that's why I got it. And, and now I never use I don't even list my own flips. I do about, you know, three to five flips at a time at any given time here locally, just on the side. It's kind of one of my side hustles. And I still I have a realtor who lists them. I don't even do it myself. I, I so but, but next year I might let it expire. Well, does it help you kind of get your foot in the door with other agents when you're talking? It to them? does. It was well, done a lot of great things for my my real estate journey. Like it gave me the MLS access, learn you know, uh, getting uh, access to the MLS paperwork and understanding all that. Yeah, and talking with realtors and brokers and just understanding like how realtors walk, right? You know how they walk and talk. It's a different mm-hmm. it's a different industry than what we play in. And so to really understand it, yeah, it's been tremendously helpful in my real estate journey. Nice. Okay. So you have a webinar that I took a snapshot and I wanted to talk about the seven steps to seven figures with novations. And do you have it open there? We can talk. I do. Would you mind just walking through those seven steps with us? Absolutely. So the first step is you're going to disqualify the seller from a cash offer, which we kind of just talked about with the scripting. Either you disqualify them and you pitch the novation on the front end, or you can negotiate the cash offer, send the paperwork, and then pitch the novation on the back end. And then at that point, you know, you're sending all the agreements, the, uh, the, the novation agreement, the, uh, the attorney, in fact, getting them to sign that. Uh, that's step three. Step four is get pictures and list a property in the MLS. The way we get pictures now is getting the local realtors boots on the ground to take pictures for us. So we'll get a novation mm-hmm. locked up. We're going to call those realtors in that local market. And then when we get someone to take the listing, they become like our employee. Now they're going to go over there and take pictures for us. They're going to organize walkthroughs. They're like, they're, they're boots on the ground for any problems in the property. You know, and They're helping conduct the inspection. They're helping conduct the appraisal. It's everything, right? And that's why we love using realtors. We also do the flat fee listing way too. That, that, that's more problematic than my field than the realtors, except you save some, a little bit of money. But for me, it's worth, realtors are worth uh, their weight in gold for this. 
So after you get the pictures, after you listen to MLS, you're going to get a buyer in place. You're going to sign up. You're going to sign the offer as a seller. And once you do that, you're going to record what's called a notice of interest on the property. A notice of interest does two things. It clouds title like a memorandum of contract does. So that way you're protected on the property from something happening, seller going dark, seller trying to sell to somebody else. And it also allows you the capability of getting paid when we close because this is this acts like a lien on the property. And the way we get paid is by a lien release. And this is how the financing companies right. approve us. That's why wholesaling is so difficult because uh, with to a finance buyer because the, the mortgage companies never approve it because it's an assignment. You're not on a chain of title, they say. It's like, it's an issue. But with a lien payoff, all mortgage companies approve lien payoffs. A mechanics lien is a lien. You know, a mortgage is a lien. So they always approve any kind of lien payoff. So we'll follow, record the notice of interest. And then basically you're going to have the seller come in and sign the final HUD with the attorney in fact way, the seller has to sign the final HUD. With a power of attorney, you can sign the final HUD. But I, I still, I, there's a lot of unethical area that, that uh, I don't like about the power of attorney stuff. But seller signs the final HUD and then you're gonna record a release of interest. The release of interest is gonna release that notice of interest lien. You're gonna t instruct the title company how much it, it costs to do the release and that is your fee for the novation. I love it. So you're getting paid with a lien, which makes it easier to for your end buyer to get conventional or FA, FHA correct. or VA financing. Yep. Matt that Andrews is, is in the house. What's up, Matt Andrews? Do you know Corey? Corey, do you know Matt? Hello, Matt. I know him. I got him on Facebook. But... Who doesn't know Matt Andrews? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love you, Matt. <laughs> Good dude uh, from Family Mastermind. Um, okay. Oh, so, yeah. That's how I know him. Okay. I know him. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. See yep. the hand signal thing? He, this is his. Absolutely. We, we had talked about a month ago. I might be joining Family Mastermind, actually. Oh, you should. Yeah. I'm, I've been in it almost a year, over a year now. Yeah. But the cool, okay. So back to this. The cool thing about this is um, you are getting paid as uh, with a lien release. So you, the instrument is like being, it's like a normal loan or a mortgage or some kind of debt uh, recorded against the property, which makes Correct. it easier now for FHA or, v, you know, VA financing or conventional financing to pay you. The normal traditional way of wholesaling, it's always been a challenge. You have to double close, which costs a bunch of money. Right. And then you have to have two separate closings, an A to B and a B to C, and then getting the money, the transactional funding with that, which costs more money, trying to hide, you know, what your purchase price is, what your sale price is. And I hate that. Uh, or you, you can't do assignments when you're dealing with banks. That's another pain in the butt. Yeah, right? So this, this solves a lot of problems, makes the closing easier, doesn't it? It does. It really does. And the transparency, man, just from A to Z, it makes the deals run so much smoother. And wholesaling, man, it's just, it's brain damage sometimes. And we, we got to a point we were doing, at one time, at one point last year, we were doing about 40 to 60 deals a month. I mean, we were doing a lot of volume. Uh, we went through a small shutdown at the end of the year. I revamped my business, but right now we got like 32 deals on the board. Um, but when you're doing that many deals, man, in wholesaling, especially when deals are falling apart because there's no transparency and it's just, it's brain damage, man. Talk a little bit more just real quickly about what are some of the common objections that a seller might have when you first bring this thing up? I know you're not calling it an ovation with them, but what are some of the questions or the objections a seller might have? So one, one popular object, objection, and then we, we get this in wholesaling too, is, well, why don't I just list the property with my sister? 
That's great. You can go list your property with a sister. That is perfectly fine. We just want to let you know all your options. So we always push them towards their objections. It's the whole John Martinez stuff, right? Yeah. Push them towards their objections. Let them know, yeah, you can absolutely list it with your sister. And but, you should. And you should. But understand, you're going to have to go through the retail process. You're going to have to deal with the inspection. You're going to have to deal with the appraisal. You're going to have to deal with the title. Where in our concierge service, you don't deal with any of that, including the inspection repairs. We'll do the repairs for you. So And we could probably get you just about close to the same amount of money as your sister's going to get you. But that's you have your options. So we push them towards that, right? So that's one of the biggest objections you're going to get up front. But we get that in wholesaling too. It's like the same thing, you know. I can yeah, just go yeah. list it with a realtor. Okay, then go list it with a realtor. That's great. And you got to, you know, these 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 sellers have to be kind of motivated, right? Yeah, they're calling us for convenience. That's yeah. the biggest factor, right? They're calling us if they want convenience. They want ease. They don't want to deal with the retail process. So we're still offering that convenience for them, except for we're going to handle the retail process for them, right? So mm -hmm. there's still the convenience factor. It's just not cash offer will close next week. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the ultimate end of the day is most of them are, are calling them for. Now, every once in a while, you do get the seller. They do need that money next week. Something happened in their life that they, there's, they have to have the money or they lose the property or there's something going Then that, then novation doesn't work. You're going to have to go say, okay, here's my cash offer. This is what we're going to do. I'm sorry. You know, so you do need, do need to have a little bit of time to do novations. So depending on the motivation oh. factor is how you got to determine on um, what your offers are. So but I, I wonder if you could, you know, give the seller two options. I can pay cash for this. You can't, we do that. We've done that. Yeah. Or if you want to partner on the deal and you know, I can offer you more, but we'll split the profits. That's absolutely yes. You can do that absolutely, and we do. We're kind of doing a little bit of that now with our back end novation offer. You know, getting the cash deal first because some of them might go, "No, I don't want to do the concierge service. Just give me the cash offer." Okay, great. We're going to go that route. Yeah. But some of them are like, "Oh yeah, I'll take five grand more. Sure, uh, let's go ahead and do and do the concierge service." Okay, so on the on the novation agreement, do you have a deadline or like do you say it's you're guaranteeing that it's going to close in? two months or how do you, how do you work that? So we're putting a time limit on there. Um, but the, we're, we're once again, transparency with the seller is key. Let them know, you know, Hey, average days on market in your, in your uh, town is about 45 days. So just let you know, it could take you, you know, 50 to 60 days to get this wrapped up for you. We're going to try for quicker. Um, but we're going to put 60 days on the, on the agreement and then hopefully we can get it close quicker, but just letting you know, it could take a little longer too. So it's that, that it's, all on your upfront conversation. So that way, when you get to the 40th day and you still haven't sold the property, you can call them and have that conversation again with them. But I mean, most of the time, we're, we're, when we're listing our properties, we're trying to list it typically like 10% of the average as is comp to okay. try to move that property as quickly as possible off the MLS. So the, the key is just trying to move inventory, especially when we, we got 30 something deals right now and most of them are novations trying to, Move as quickly as possible. So, but we, yeah, it's just that upfront conversation with the seller, letting them know because they know we're bringing a buyer to the table and that the average days on, on, on market for your area is about 30 days, 40 days, 50 days. Now in Phoenix, it's like seven days. It's ridiculous in Phoenix right now. So I can literally conduct an ovation in like 30 days here. You know, yeah. it, it, it's, all, it's all market dependent, but if somebody's rural markets, that's where you really have to have that full transparency conversation with them. So you can do this in small towns. Yep. You can also do it in, in major markets, but right now you're targeting 
any market where hedge funds are buying properties in, right? Yeah, we did that because when we, we re relaunched the company, um, what we're doing is we're having the acquisitions, lock up all the deals. And now obviously we're, we're trying to get innovations first. You know, always try to get innovations first, wholesale second. But even still, if it's innovation, what we're doing is we're presenting all our deals to hedge funds first to see if they will buy the deal before we go through the innovation process. Because hedge funds right now are paying retail. And yep. it's absolutely crazy what they're buying and doing right now. I mean, the market is hot as crap. So we're trying to give make that one of our exit strategies before we go ahead and conduct the novation. Now, if they say no to the property, then we're doing the novation, right? So that's just, yep. you know, we wanted to make that a, one of our first steps. So now I'm making the I'm um, targeting all my marketing around counties that where hedge funds are buying in. One of the reasons why I like the small towns is, um, and I'm not, I, I don't know how to do PPC. I would love to learn someday. But one of the reasons why I love small towns is direct mail works really well there. It does. So like, you know, you can get three, four times the response rate in a small town that you, as you can in a, um, in a, a big town. Yeah. One of the things I learned from a friend of mine, Larry Goins is, you know, he can sell anything as long as it's on a paved road and there's a dollar general or store, a store like that within, I think is what's his rule. 20, 30 minute drive or something like oh, okay. that <laughs> on a paved road. Right. And it has a dollar general or a piggly wiggly. I don't know if you know what a piggly wiggly is. I know what a piggly wiggly is. Yeah. That's, a, that's a back East thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like there is so much mattress money in these small markets as well. And a low inventory. Like it's, it's a lot easier than people would think to sell uh, houses in small markets and virtually no competition. It's so funny you talk about that. I, I, I remember listening to one of your podcasts and I think it was with Sean Terry like two years ago. Yeah, we talked about before that. I went nationwide. And you, that podcast was one of the reasons why I was like, you know what? Uh, that was one of the other deciding factors to go nationwide. Yeah. So much opportunity. So much. And we're not talking, you know, we're talking counties that have at least 100,000 people in it, you know? Yep. But like, you're going to see three, four times the response rate with your direct mail. I was just talking to somebody who's getting a quarter of 1% response rate with his direct mail talking to Larry just the other day as well. And what we're seeing in small towns, three to 5% response rates with our direct mail. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. And I love this novation strategy because it works really, really well in those small towns when you can have, uh, when you, you have to rely on the realtors to sell these deals. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, we got some questions here. Matt says, uh, keep up the good work guys. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Question from Mario. Do you find hedge funds in small markets too? No, we have not. Uh, that's why we target, you know, in bigger markets. You know, I would say probably two hundred fifty thousand or more now. Um, the, the, if, it, if we get a deal in a small market, we're just going to go for the novation. We're just going to novate it and then sell out in the MLS. Nice. Uh, Sharon's asking to find small town. Uh, I'll just say the small towns that we like to target are two or three counties outside of a big MSA. Yep. So if you've got Dallas, Fort Worth, that's like, or what's another example, Nashville, like that's. Oh no, Atlanta. It's like six different counties, right? So you kind of want to go outside two to three counties outside the MSA, which is the big window. And you're probably not going to find hedge funds that are buying out there, but there still is a lot of opportunity. There's a, a lot, lot of, of demand for houses in those markets. A lot too. less competition. A lot less competition. Great. Um, people are asking, hey, how can I get more information about Novations? This sounds really cool. I want to send you guys right here. Novationjoe.com. Corey has a fantastic course. It's not cheap. I do get a commission 
from referring people to this, but I don't know anybody else right now that's doing more deals or teaching it better than Corey is. So if you're interested and you want more information, go to novationjoe.com. Depending on when you're listening to this, it might take you to a different page. I mean, this just just doing one deal is going to more than pay for itself. Getting And you have to make sure you get the right paperwork. You got to make sure you're approaching the seller the right way. You're telling them the right things. You're approaching the realtors the right way. You're saying the right things to them. Got to make sure your paperwork is in place. And again, paperwork is the most important part. I spent thousands on drafting that up. And I mean, that right there is uh, worth the price of admission. Do not use paperwork you download from YouTube or (laughs) forums on on bigger pockets. Yeah. Make sure you, you, this is a, this is a really, really smart investment. Real quick, I want to wrap this up, Corey. What are some of the mistakes people need to be aware of to avoid? What are the mistakes people need to avoid when doing novations and these kinds of deals? Well, I can tell you about my biggest one right now uh, that I'm going through. It's in Illinois. Uh, you got to be careful out in these, uh, these markets. I listed a, a, a novation deal with a, uh, and I'll say the listing company's name because they, they, everyone needs to, be, uh, needs to be aware of them. It's called uh, List with Freedom. And we closed the deal. We made $42,000 on the deal. Seller was happy. We're happy. A month later, the real estate investigator calls us and he's investigating us for fraud because List of Freedom was under investigation for fraud. So yeah, so he's like, well, we found your file with List of Freedom. So that has been a, a, we're still dealing with that, how to get an attorney involved. So be careful on if you're going to use a uh, flat fee listing company, um, that's why we like local realtors. You know, you don't have that issue. So be careful where you're listing the properties and what markets. Some of these markets, like we had mentioned earlier, are not very friendly because what they, they're like, well, you, you wholesaled the property, didn't you? I like, no, I didn't wholesale. I had no baited it. Well, did you go on chain on title? I'm like, no, I didn't go on chain of title. Well, then you wholesaled. I'm like, no, I didn't. So I had, that's why I got the attorney involved. So be careful in markets like that. Like you were saying, Oklahoma is one of them. Illinois is one of them. And I think maybe North Carolina. So, and then be careful with the flat fee listing companies because they're not all, I guess, that ethical. I don't know. It's crazy. They're an investigation for fraud, uh, which which has been, uh, yeah. Another realtor monopoly that's trying to crack down on this. It is. And they don't like flat fee brokers. It's They don't because, right, because, I mean, they're so cheap and mass volume and it's just, you know, they're taking over the the market space. So... Mm Um, another big mistake is uh, if you're starting this out and you don't have a lot of capital and you don't have a high financial risk threshold, is what I like to call it, don't list the properties for FHA and VA. Just do cash and conventional because the conventional, like I mentioned earlier, you can do a buyer credit. So if you need a new roof on the property, with conventional financing, you just do a buyer credit and you don't have to pay for it. It just comes off, your, off the purchase price. But with FHA and VA, you have to make the repairs. You got to go in there, make the repairs. You got to get a, uh, a follow-up inspection to pass that financing contingency. So doing FHA and VA is more of an advanced strategy, I feel like. And we do them. I got one in Wyoming right now. I put $17,000 on, but I'm going to make $55,000 on the back end. But I also have a higher risk, uh, financial risk threshold. So just be know your risk threshold. That that's very important. If it's five thousand or less, you know, then then uh, then you know exactly what to be looking for, and don't do FHA and VA. Um, so that that's another mistake you know you can make early on in this journey, especially if you don't have a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and guys, listen, with any strategy, there's going to be um, mistakes you could make. You got to make sure you do it the right way. Make sure that you're doing it above board. And the thing I love about the strategy is you are you're fully open and transparent with everybody. The seller signs off on everything. 
there's no shady under the counter, under the table type of dealings <laughs> going on. Um, everybody oh, knows what's going on. Yeah, it's the world of wholesaling. Nice. <laughs> All right. Corey, this has been so good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, man. Truly blessed and honored to be here. Nice. If people want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Just, just- As Facebook's the greatest place, man. I'm very active on social media. Corey Geary or Instagram, the Corey Geary. I love playing on social media. Always trying to deliver content on there. And you could DM me. It's me who answers the DM. It's not a VA. So that's like probably the best spot. And yeah, man. Nice. Cool. Thank you very much, guys. Go check out NovationJoe.com or look up Corey Geary in the Facebooks. Man, I appreciate you, Corey. Thank you so appreciate much for being on the too, show. Man. Thank you much, man. We'll see you guys. Bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye.